Hey everyone, we are back with season two of Parenting Proverbs. We are so excited to bring you more great content this season. My name is Deanna Carter-Boswell and I'm here with my co-host, Zoe Shaw. We are both licensed professional counselors in the state of Georgia, servicing kids, teens, and their families. Welcome to Parenting Proverbs. Welcome to Parenting Proverbs. Welcome to Parenting Proverbs. We are starting season two off with talking about attachment styles and parenting styles. And we wanted to start off with this topic because one, I think, I feel like it's a hot topic that's going around. We hear and see a lot of it on social media. Um, And it's really important. It's like the foundation of the family relationships, really the foundation of a person because attachment styles is something that we carry on throughout our life. Yeah, I agree. A parenting style, attachment style really sets up the dynamics of the family, which shapes how they grow up to be adults as they're uh, growing and getting older. Yes, definitely. So let's jump right in and identify what those attachment styles are. And then we can talk maybe a little more in detail about them and parenting styles as well. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so first off, um, attachment styles come from the way that a parent um, interacts, nurtures, provides structure for their child and for their household. So I think the first tier that we would have to go over is the parenting styles and how they're able to attune to their child's needs and create that attachment from zero all the way through their teenage years. Okay, cool. So, Even though attachment really is that first like zero to five, mm-hmm. but you know attachment can develop and change and grow as they get older. That is true. All right, so we're starting off with parenting styles. What are the, I guess, four? Because it's four of them, right? Yes, there are. And so, really quickly, one thing uh, that I was reading was that um, the way that a family shares their power, which I thought that was really cool, the way that they share their power determines their parenting style. And so, the four parenting styles are authoritative, permissive, authoritarian, I always get those two mixed up, Mm -hmm. and uninvolved. And so the first one is the authoritative parent. This is the parent that provides an environment in their household where everybody works as a team. They're clear about their parenting roles um, and they're comfortable in those roles. Um, There's a good balance of structure versus nurture Mm -hmm. because, you know, when those balances shift that, you know, changes the dynamics. Um, They're assertive and decisive, but they're also loving nurturing warm they set limits with their kids but they give attention they're forgiving um and all these things so i'm sure the listeners are wondering is that the whole gentle parenting thing that's going around i would say that would if we had to put the gentle parenting under one of those categories i would say the um, authoritative parenting style is the ideal parenting style because like I said, it provides a good balance of nurture versus structure. 
And we see that when kids grow up with being able to have rules and limits and boundaries while also feeling heard, understood, and cared for, um, they grow up to be good functioning members of society. They're able to have compassion and empathy for people around them and make good decisions for themselves. So the gentle parenting kind of goes hand in hand with making sure that they're safe, but also attuning to their emotional needs. Yeah, I think a lot of pushback comes from with gentle parenting is like people think it's like, oh, can you please go put this away? Can you please put your shoes on? That's not gentle parenting. That's just you using really passive, <laughs> passive form You're of gentle community. in tone. Right. <laughs> not, right. not really your approach. I think the key is, and not just necessarily for gentle parenting, but the authoritative is having, like you said, that balance. So it's not like, oh, can you please go put your shoes on? It's put your shoes on. We are about to leave. Um, do you need me to help you put your shoes on? Like it's giving them options. And if you decide, if you choose not to put your shoes on, these are the consequences. Um, and that's a very basic example, but you're setting limits and boundaries, but you're not disrespecting your child. Um, but you're not, you're also not just giving them the free for all, like, Oh, it's a question. Can you put your shoes on or are you going to, it's a, no, you need to put your shoes on. Right. And like I said before, that first, you know, from birth to five years old is the crucial stages of developing attachment with kids. And that's also the rules and tools stage for a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. So that's when they're trying to learn about the world around them, learning what's acceptable, what's unacceptable. So the idea I think that some people have, like you said, of gentle parenting is that we're a little bit more passive. It's like, no, they still need the structure and rules, but it's the way that you do it and come across that gives it that gentle feel yes they're learning and as adults we're learning but to being able to see like this is their developmental level they don't know what we know and meeting them where they are in that that short span of time yeah that's a good thing to keep in mind like they are still learning they've only had one two three four five (laughs) years of experience on this earth and we've had how many um and we're still learning so giving them the grace that to say like they're figuring it out they're figuring out their emotions. They're figuring you out. They're figuring themselves out. So it's just giving them the opportunity to figure it out because we're still figuring it out as grown people. <laughs> so. uh, very true. Very true. Um, and so, yeah, I think the authoritative is the ideal parenting style. But we also know that, you know, how we grew up being parented kind of impacts how we parent our kids. Definitely. And so that's a learning process. So that might not be the natural inclination um, because there are other parenting styles um, such as the permissive. So Mm -hmm. when we talked about what some people might think gentle parenting is, this might probably be more aligned um, with the permissive parents, which they're not really clear about rules and roles. Um, They don't really correct their children. Mm -hmm. They don't give them chores which is a big thing. I always ask my parents, like, do you do you guys have chores for the kids and stuff? Just to teach them responsibility. But they kind of, these parents take on more of that friend role. Yeah. Um, where they want to be liked. They want to allow them to um, do what they want. They confuse this unconditional love idea that they have with irresponsible parenting. Mm-hmm. And so um, not letting their children face consequences and kind of, pacifying and enabling poor choices and you know making excuses i have a cliche that falls under permissive parenting that just popped into my head as you were saying that (laughs) boys will be boys say it again for the people in the back that didn't hear you boys will be boys allowing them to do certain things because they're a boy 
Um, And because you feel like, oh, it's so common. But just because things are common (laughs) does not mean it's functional, okay, or anything like that. So Yeah, because then we get into this space where we tolerate poor behavior and they grow up thinking that it's okay. And they get into this pattern and cycle, which then we try and correct it as the adults. But then, like, they've gone all this time thinking it was okay. And that's hard to retrain. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. But yeah, that one, it, I just had a moment <laughs> where I thought of that one. But yeah, permissive parenting, it is something that happens. And the, I think the interesting thing is, it's like, oh, we want them to, you do want kids to be independent. You do want them to think for themselves. And at the same time, kids thrive in structure. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have set consequences, when you have set expectations, it can, one, decrease anxiety because it's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for this. And it could be something simple. And they're just so anxious because they're not sure, is my parent going to fly off the handle, you know, when this happens? Or, you know, am I just going to be able to do whatever? And then, like, do my parents pay attention to me? So it's this very very tricky balance. Um, And it's also based off the kid and the family dynamics, too. Like, we don't want to discount that. But, yeah. Yeah. So I, and I think that it's really important, you know, in this uh, space of family dynamics and, and rearing children that parents have a strong sense of identity and value mm-hmm. um, because when they have those values and those morals and those beliefs, it'll be easier to implement and set boundaries for kids. Because if they're not really clear about what they believe is correct or incorrect or right or wrong, then it's going to be hard for them to instill those um, rules and behaviors for their kids. Right. And so when they're clear on that, it'll be easy for them to translate that to their kids. Yeah, yeah. Or even just clear on, well, even if you're still trying to figure it out, like mm-hmm. clear on like this is how we are figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay because you don't have to have everything figured out. No yeah. one does. Yeah. Okay, so that's permissive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the next one, and I always get these words mixed up. So there's the authoritative, Mm -hmm. which we first talked about. That's the ideal type that we want to strive for. But then there's the authoritarian. Yes. So this is the complete opposite of permissive. So permissive is you're really lax, no rules, no structure. You kind of let kids decide what they want to do. And then we have the authoritarian, which is it's more structure, Mm -hmm. less nurture. So there's a lot of rules. There is little warmth displayed. Um, You really seek to be kind of like a dictator in your home. Like I set the rules. There's no questioning it. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to comply. They use a lot of anger and hostility to control children. Yeah. Um, This builds a lot of aggression in children as well. When they are trying to get them to comply to rules, they kind of pick up on that and they become aggressive. Um, They don't teach Mm -hmm. self-discipline. they have high expectations for their children, but there's little communication with them on how to either meet that expectation or why the expectations are put in place Right. Um, for them to understand, you know, how to navigate those different spaces as they're growing up. So authoritarian parents are, you know, pretty harsh disciplinarians. Yeah. And it's more focused on punishing versus like consequences mm-hmm. um, and Ideally, we want consequences to be in line with the behavior. Um, So, you know, it could be you broke something and your punishment is to like run laps. Right. You know, versus thinking about, okay, how can we fix this? Do you need to work to replace it? Like kind of consequences that would happen in the real world when they're older. Quotes, real world, whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Um, 
but yeah, so authoritarian kind of focuses on that punishment versus consequences. I, you're a kid, stay in a kid's place. Children should be seen, not heard. It's my way. It's not really giving kids the opportunity to learn themselves or to, um, to learn how to like problem solve. Yeah. 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 Problem solve. That's a good one. And I like the example you gave about the punishment because um, even when consequences or punishments are put in place, because there are some times when there needs to be a quote unquote punishment, but making sure that if there is a punishment in place, like you said, it matches the offense. So running laps has nothing to do with them not putting their shoes on or not getting the fork fork out of the sink, you know, doing dishes and all that stuff. So it's like... There has the consequence has to match um, the offense to teach them the importance of what it is that you're asking them to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and then the last one is kind of the uninvolved parenting style. Yeah. Um, so I, we've been talking a lot about this balance between structure and nurture, um, and I think that's like the overarching thing because it's on the scale of how much or little you give each one. Mm-hmm. The uninvolved parenting is there's no structure. And those, there's no nurture. These are the kids that have been kind of left to fend for themselves. They've yes. been neglected. Um, it's a neglectful parenting style where they don't respond to their children's needs um, or their desires beyond basic and sometimes not even meeting right. those needs, but basic food, clothing, and shelter needs. Um, they get the children a lot of freedom to do whatever they want, make their uh, own choices. They kind of stay out of the way. Um and even if there are issues, they don't even kind of step in to help the children figure out how to resolve them. Yeah. So it's almost as if the kids are kind of raising themselves at this point. Yeah. And it's even just not doing much to engage with them and get to know them, play with them. So it's not just about like the consequences piece. It's about, you know, having those special moments with your children. Um so uninvolved parenting, like you said, it's kind of that the kids are left to fend for themselves or to even raise themselves. Yeah. And so these are the the four, you know, parenting styles that we have in place. Um, and we know that how parents raise, <clears throat> excuse me, we know that how parents raise their children, mm-hmm. you know, impacts how close or far away a child feels connected to their parent. Right. Um, how well they would be inclined to go to them if they have a problem or to figure something out or to seek comfort. Um, and so these are the parenting styles, but now we're going to shift gears to talk about how this impacts the attachment. And so what are some of the key attachment styles that we have? Yes. So I guess we could start with um, secure attachment. So there's four. We have secure, and then we have avoidant, ambivalent, and disorganized. So we'll go through these. So with secure attachment, this is like the ideal situation. Um, And a lot of kids, most kids do fall into this category of secure attachment. Um, So this might look like even for like a little kid, if their parent goes away, they may cry. But when the parent comes back, they're able to be comforted. Mm -hmm. Um, It also can look like, well, for the child, they know that mom and dad, my caretaker, they're going to be able to, they're going to take care of me. They're going to provide for me. They know that their needs are going to be met. 
which is important because for children, they can't, especially in infancy, they can't do anything for themselves. Right. So, you know, whether they're hungry, they need a diaper change, you know, they're tired, they're depending on their parents for a lot of those things. So that's where attachment styles really come from or start from really from birth. Yeah. So it's like, are their needs being met? When their needs are being met, then we tend to see more secure attached children. Right. And I was actually um, doing some research, you know, a while back, and I found out that if parents meet 30% of their child's emotional needs, then they'll end up with a secure attachment style. And this attachment style literally is designed to draw the best out of your children. Yeah. To draw the best out of them, to to help them to have warm relationships, not even just within the family unit, but with like extended family members or friends and all those things. Um, yeah, it sets a good example for them on how to interact with you know other people in their world as they get older. Yeah, and it helps them be more confident in their emotions and expressing their emotions and their needs. Um, because if you know that your needs are going to be met and it's not just a matter of everything you want you get um but it's your parent being in tune with you so you know they know if you're super tired and we need to go to three more stores giving you a little grace because we know you're tired (laughs) it's just knowing what's happening in their lives and caring enough about it to you know seek out more information about it or make adjustments um Mm -hmm. based on what you what you know about your children yes yes um okay and that goes along with the authoritative parenting style so when you have an authoritative parenting style you're going to develop a secure attachment with your children so both of those are the ideal standard that we want to reach for both parents and kids exactly um and attachment styles is something that carries on to adulthood um and things that can be correlated are having a higher self-esteem more enjoyable um, intimate relationships, uh, strong social supports. So there's a lot of positives that can come from having a secure attachment with um, your parent figure. Yeah, and it really buffers against um, a lot of mental concerns that they might experience, like anxiety, depression, suicidal thoughts, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, so next we have the ambivalent attachment style. So this child might be a little like stranger danger. Um, They might get really upset when their caretaker um, or parent caregiver leaves, um, but they kind of have a hard time being comforted when that parent or caregiver comes back. Um, So they also may, like I said, kind of be hard hard to comfort. And with this one, I think this one kind of has a lower, so secure attachment kind of has the most, most people, most children are securely attached. This one is kind of on the lower end of how many people really have this um, attachment style. As adults, this can impact people. They might be reluctant to get close to people, um, worrying about uh, having significant anxiety in their significant with their significant other in those partnerships um and kind of really have a hard time expressing themselves and um kind of being comfortable with all those feelings because you're worried about like will my needs get met yeah so 
And I think that, again, trying to bridge the two with parenting and attachment, um, this goes along with the permissive parenting because if a parent is not able to set rules or if they don't like to say no because of fear of disappointing the child, um, they're not able to meet those emotional needs and provide them. Like you said, they're kind of like stranger danger. They don't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And so if a parent isn't able to give them the structure to identify right and wrong, good or bad, they're kind of left with this confusing state of, well, I don't know what to do. Right. And so there's kind of like this ambivalent, like, uh, limbo attachment style where you don't know who to trust, what what's good, who, who should I be close to, mm-hmm. all those things. Yeah. And they might be he- really hesitant to explore new places, kind of explore, um, you know, if they go to a... Um, like a kid's spot or a park or something, they may be really hesitant to explore it because they don't feel the confidence to do so. Yeah. So we also have, so that was ambivalent. We also have avoidant um, attachment style. So a child who has this avoidant attachment style, their parent may or may not be as sensitive to their needs or just really be unavailable to them. Um, so those needs might not be getting met as, uh, frequently or as to the level that they need. So these children might avoid their parents. They might not seek like comfort or contact Mm -hmm. with their parents, or they show little preference between a stranger and their parent as well. Yeah. So in adulthood, this can look like intimacy problems, um, not investing a lot into your social um, and romantic relationships and having a really hard time with sharing or expressing your thoughts and feelings. Yeah. So. And this links again to the authoritarian parenting style, because if you have a parent who is just a hard, harsh disciplinarian that you know doesn't really provide a lot of logical reasoning for anything that they ask of you that doesn't attune to your emotional needs that doesn't check in with you Mm -hmm. you're not going to feel safe enough to express those things so you're either going to hold them in and that could be an internalized problem or that might show up in your behaviors because that's a way to get it out um but it it is going to impact your social relationships with people in the future because you're not going to know how to be vulnerable or emotional or um, open to kind of processing these different feelings and emotions you're going um, with big changes that are happening. You mm-hmm. know, as you're growing up and even the big things that happen as adults, you're not going to know how to kind of work through those things because you haven't had that example. Right, right. And we know with emotions, if you keep them inside, they're going to come out some way, somehow. So whether it's through behavior or, yeah, or just even... It can just affect how you feel about yourself, too, because you're keeping it all inside and trying to deal with it on your own. Mm -hmm. Um, And for kids, for adults, too, that's not the healthiest way to cope with emotions. Right. And I think even on a previous um, episode, we kind of talked about, you know, what happens when kids kind of hold in their emotions. So we we do know that it will come out in behaviors, Mm -hmm. whether it's aggression or poor grades or any of these things. But when you internalize it, I mean, that can cause a lot of um, unseen issues, right. such as depression right. um, or high stress levels that can manifest as like physical illnesses, stomach aches, headaches, fatigue, all of these different things. So being able to identify changes in your children, you know, they're not getting their needs met. Yes, exactly. Okay. 
So the last attachment style we have is disorganized. Um, all over the place. Yes, all over the place. It could be like a push-pull relationship. Um, for a child who has this attachment style, their caregivers or parents might have might be confused like I don't know what what I'm gonna get I don't know if they're gonna want me to hold them I don't know if they're gonna be avoiding me and resistant um it's it's really confusing and hard to be with a child with this attachment um style because like I said you don't really know what you're going to get um and it may even look like a child a young child they may really take on a parental role because they don't have that secure attachment they don't have it almost it goes with the um parenting style of uninvolved uninvolved yeah yeah so you know they may be six and like really taking on a lot of responsibilities or worries um mm-hmm. and they might even act as a caregiver toward their parent too so imagine if you have a a caregiver or a parent who's really struggling with their own things, they're having a hard time taking care of themselves. It might be the six-year-old who is like trying to make their parent a sandwich or, you know, trying to keep mom and dad from fighting and things like that. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's hard. Um, and consistency is something that's helpful for children who are in this space um, and knowing that the people who, are supposed to protect them and and keep them fed and safe are doing those things. Yeah. Um, and I think it's especially prevalent in families where there are a number of children mm-hmm. where you see them kind of trying to pick up the slack of parents that just aren't very present yeah. um, physically, emotionally, mentally. Um, one of my favorite shows that I love is Shameless. Oh, yes. It's it's on Netflix right now if you want to binge watch all of them, but they have like 10 seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's a prime example of, you know, uninvolved parenting. Yeah. Where oh, definitely. There's like six kids, might be more, I can't even keep up with them. Yeah, there's like six, six kids. Um, the mom left when the kids are really young. The dad has, you know, had some substance abuse issues and some mental health stuff. But you see the oldest um, siblings kind of taking on the burden of being a parent because they know that their basic needs need to be met. They know mm-hmm. that the bills need to be paid so that they can stay in the house, that they need food, and they have younger siblings that can't work and can't do these things on their own. And so it's just kind of a chaotic environment for everyone trying to figure out, yeah. you know, how to navigate life as kids trying to take on adult roles. Right. Even the youngest one in that family system um Liam yeah he (laughs) yes Liam he kind of takes on some of those responsibilities too as he he, gets older yeah as he gets older so it's really interesting um really interesting dynamic because kids know what they need um and you know when they're younger they might not have the language to always communicate that um but they figure out ways to get those needs met whether it's an unhealthy Mm -hmm. uh coping mechanism or a healthy one um so if they don't have another adult there that's there to help guide them and provide discipline and nurturing, you know, it can cause a lot of um, stress and struggle as they get older. Yeah. And that's a good point. Like, so when you said kids know what they need, um, a lot of the times we do know what we need. Kids know what they need, but we're told 
that it's not right or, you know, that opinion doesn't matter, whatever it is. And then as we get older, we want people to make decisions. We want people to like, what do you want? Like, tell me what you want. What do you need? And it's, and it's hard it. to communicate that because for a lot of us growing up, it was like, you know, we're going to make this. I'm the parent. I'm going to make the decision. Your opinion doesn't matter. Kind of that type of situation that um, a lot of. It's, it's not uncommon. I mean, I know as we both work with children and families, we are working with, with parents in the way that they were parented. Yeah. And they're like, this isn't working for my kid. Um, so seeing that desire that they have to make changes, um, it's great. Because I, I feel like the next generation, I feel like yeah, they're really going to be good. <laughs> it really is. It really is. Because yeah. so. it's all about, you know, once you get that awareness um, as an adult, as a parent, um, you can kind of recognize how the patterns have trickled down, mm-hmm. you know, from parent to grandparent before you and making that decision like, hey, you know, this go round, I want to do something a little bit different because I know how my experience was and I'm aware of how I was impacted by mm-hmm. what I went through, how my parents parented me. And I want to kind of shift the trajectory for their life um, and kind of break in that cycle for them so that they can have a new experience where they feel that secure attachment where, right. um, even if you aren't, you know, the authoritative parenting style that you can make some slight adjustments to make sure that, you know, the kids are getting what they need and that the family dynamic is a supportive environment for them to be able to figure those things out and grow. Yeah. I mean, because I find that for the most part, most parents and family systems, they have the same goal. Like they want their kids to be happy. They want their kids to be healthy. They want their kids to live an even better life than they did. Yeah. Um, But sometimes we get in our own way and say, well, this is how, you know, I was raised or this is how it was done and I turned out fine. But it's like, okay, let's hold on. You kind of have a hard time expressing your emotions. You have a hard time with communication. So it's like, yes, those things got you to where you are, but how can we make shifts so that the children in your life don't have to do as much emotional work (laughs) to get to the point where you want them to be? Because then you also have to think about not only is one person coming into the equation trying to parent, but there's two adults, mm-hmm. mom and dad, that are coming in trying to rear a child with their own experiences right. and their own parenting styles. And ideally, you'd want to be on the same page with that, but sometimes things, you know, yeah, happen. Sometimes you you're can't. not. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you're not. And sometimes you're trying to figure that out um, as you're navigating parenting, um, especially if you didn't plan on being a parent or especially right. if, you know, you have different, you know, we've talked about it before. Each child has a different personality, so mm-hmm. you have to be able to attune to their needs. And so one parenting style might not work with one child. And so it's family dynamics are so complex. They are. But like you said, the goal is the same. And so once you mm-hmm. grow that awareness and figure out what's needed for your family, the changes can be made so that everyone can yes. get their needs met. Yes. Every family's different. Every child's different. And consistency is key. Consistency, because um, it's not communication is key to. We should just do one about keys. The keys to <laughs> major key alert. <laughs> major key. Alert. Yes, consistency, communication. Because with consistency, it's like if you've been doing something one way for so long, if you've been like yelling at your kids in order for them to do something, shifting to, you know, not yelling as much and you know, kind of other ways. At first you're going to be like, oh, it doesn't work because they're not used to that. Yeah. <laughs> but being consistent and showing them that there's a, other, a different way to do it, um, whatever it may be. 
um, you have to be consistent. Yeah. And you might, because they're not used to it, you might get the pushback because it's like, we've been doing this for how long and now you want to change things? Oh, yeah. They might, it's going to be a little push and pull because it's uncomfortable, not just for you to try and implement those changes, but for them to receive the changes as well and figure out the new dynamic of the the relationship, parent-child relationship, sibling relationship, all of that. That is a great point because if kind of same example if you've been yelling all the time and you shift to not yelling as much your kid may be like well I don't know how long that's gonna last because you know she's just gonna keep she's gonna start yelling at me again it's only gonna last for a couple days or it's only gonna last for the day so it was just a great point that you that you made because it just made me think about some of the conversations I've had before with children so so it is a work in progress but It'll all be worth it in the end. And it's what they say, like the it, the storm comes before like the rainbows. Something like that. That's probably sure. not. That's probably not it. Oh uh, yeah, we'll go with that though. <laughs> it gets worse before it gets better. Yeah, Let, let's yeah. Just say that It one. can get worse before it gets better, but consistency and just keeping the goal in mind is helpful. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this was a great. We kind of just scratched the surface with attachment and kind of did an, a general overview overview but there's a lot that goes into attachment and parenting styles as well Um, there's lots of books out there and other things so if you want to learn more about attachment styles there are ways to do so yeah and we'll have to come back and talk more about how um, the way we were parented impacts how we parent Um, and our experiences growing up impacts how we parent definitely sounds good So um, thank you guys for tuning in with us once again. This is season two of Parenting Proverbs. Make sure that you're following us on Instagram at Parenting Proverbs and leave us a comment, send us an Mm -hmm. email, a DM. We'd love to hear feedback and any questions that you guys might have. And we'll see you on the next episode. Welcome to Parenting Proverbs.